If you're looking for great Christian content, we want to encourage you to check out peachtreepress.org. Peachtree Press LLC offers digital products, journals, books, Bible study guides, sermon outlines, Christian blogs, and church notebooks for children and adults. Some products are also available as print on demand. Peachtree Press is a sponsor of this program and a partner in offering authentic Christian content. For more information, check out peachtreepress.org. Welcome back, rappers, to our fourth season of the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. If you haven't already done it, please hit that subscribe button or follow us for content on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Also, check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com for sermons, weekly blogs, books, study guides, and lots of free stuff. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's program. We're so glad you're here tonight. We have uh, been going through a series on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights uh, with questions that have been asked, some interesting questions. So we call it asking for a friend. So we've dealt with some very interesting and also some very difficult themes and topics through this series. I will say that Wednesday night, just to give you a preview, I'm going to share some things that I wanted to put into the series on worship that I did not get a chance to do. So this coming Wednesday night will be all about worship. And I'm going to show you how everything that was in the temple and everything that was in the tabernacle is still here today, except in a spiritual way. Everything from the sacrifice to the altar, the incense, the showbread, all of that we see in worship on Sunday, and I'll show you how we can see that as we look through the book of Hebrews. So just be here on Wednesday night, and we'll, we'll cover that. Uh, tonight, since we spent some time talking about giving this morning, I wanted to focus on the topic of gambling. And I know this is something that maybe... Uh, we haven't heard a sermon on it in a, lot, a while. In fact, I remember probably about 10 years ago, I was preparing a lesson, uh, and our elders had asked me to talk about it, and I said, sure, no problem. And I got up and I talked about how, you know, there's all these millions of dollars that are spent uh, in this particular fashion each year, and I was shocked to be able to look at the statistics uh, just for 2022. So, in 2022 alone, some of you are familiar with uh, fantasy football, right? Fantasy baseball, fantasy basketball. Uh, they have a lot of different websites that now allow you to gamble on those particular sites. You can actually use, uh, put in money, and then there's a chance for you to get some kind of an outcome each week or maybe at the end of the season. Uh, we have some fantasy football teams. We don't do it for any financial gain. Um, but I, I'm in currently three. I'm not doing very well, but that's okay. It's early in the season. But we, I like to watch what's going on and see the players and uh, how well they're scoring and things like that, but I don't do it for anything for financial. Would you believe that in 2022, $7.56 billion was spent on sports betting on the internet using fantasy football, fantasy basketball, fantasy baseball? I don't know, they maybe do fantasy Kentucky Derby. I don't know. They got all these, these sites that bring in seven and a half billion dollars last year. And I, I was just thinking about uh, when I preached a lesson on this before, it was in the millions, you know, and I thought, man, can you imagine we spend seven, seven million dollars? Well, now we're like $7.56 billion in just in last year alone. So it, it is an issue. It is something that we're seeing a, a rise, a trend. With this, And so we asked the question, well, what, what does the Bible say about it? Uh, as one person asked me, is there any harm in it? So here, let's go through some statistics together. 
So uh, more than 26% of Americans struggle with gambling. And there is a, a couple websites that you can go to if you know someone or you yourself are struggling in this area. 30% believe that gambling is fair across the board, that, that it's not fixed. It's, 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 it's equally uh, an equal opportunity where you, can, you, have a better, you have just as good a chance as winning as somebody else. It's not skewed. Uh, currently, about 6% of Americans uh, have claimed that they are addicted uh, to gambling. 1.6 billion people worldwide. 4.2 billion in the United States alone. That was in 2018, obviously. Even since COVID, the numbers have gone up. Over $50 billion in online gambling. That doesn't include the uh, sports betting, which I mentioned a moment ago. Over $400 billion overall gambling sites uh, on the internet. Uh, commercial casino gambling is expected to top $42 billion. That was in 2019, and it did. Uh, one casino chain in 2019 made $430 million over, uh, over their budget. So Nevada, actually, casinos topped $513.4 billion in 2021, uh, and that's with the COVID restrictions. On the little pie chart here, you can see the house always wins is accurate because they're going to make money off of you no matter what. Some of these casinos, uh, like for instance in Singapore, the average person, you just walk in the door, you could just hand them $446. Every person is giving up that much. Now somebody's going to win, but mostly the house wins. Uh, in Australia, uh, the gambling there, 736 Dollars they gain off of every person that walks through the doors. And so they say it's not um, fixed, but somehow they're making their money. Uh, when it comes to Nevada, as an example, in fact, if you were to ask people who are Islamic, if you go over to uh, Saudi Arabia, you go to Iraq, Afghanistan, these are people that have been taught from their younger years that, that uh, democracy is, is silly, uh, that it's impossible to have a republic, uh, that being able to have freedom and to be able to enjoy capitalism is a sin. And so uh, they say Las Vegas is the headquarters or the capital of the United States. Uh, I, I've talked to people that believed that for many years. They actually believed. They said, where's the capital of the United States of America? They would say Las Vegas. So uh, if you look at the casinos in Nevada, 5,500 casinos... That means that there are two times as many casinos than Subway, McDonald's, Shell gas stations, Starbucks, Pizza Hut, Burger King, Domino's, Walmart, Papa John's, and Target combined. You take all of those and you times them times two, and there are still more casinos than that. Uh, there are 217 high schools and 19 colleges and nine schools of the arts in Nevada, but there are also 481 branches of banks and 500-plus ATMs that are not associated with those banks. All right? So you know that there's a lot of money coming in and out of this community, this, this state. The average gambling statistics show that 17% say they gamble several times a year, but not on a monthly basis. 11% one to three times a month. 6% weekly or more often. 15% 15 says one or two times a year, 25% less than once a year, but only 26% of those that were surveyed said they'd never done any gambling at all. Well, 
let me say this. Sometimes we have a, a verse in Scripture, it's on the screen, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10, that is misunderstood. Uh, people say the love of money is the root of all evil, okay? The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, all kinds of evil. Money is not evil. Money is not evil. We need money. We have to, we have to live, right? But when you love something and you treat it like, as Jesus calls it, mammon, that becomes your uh, God, it's all about that almighty dollar, then it is just as dangerous as being materialistic, and which is also a sin. And so when Paul says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, it means that when you have that love, that desire for the almighty dollar, there is a tendency to do whatever you can to get it. There are people who will sell their bodies. There are people who will sell drugs. There are people who will steal to be able to get the cash to go and do these things. I've known a couple families that literally were completely destitute. Uh, one family, they were living in their cars, a mom and a dad and two kids. They were living in their car, and the church gave them some cash to get groceries, and he went and bought lottery tickets with it. And so um, some people, that is just, it is innate within them to want to always get the upper hand, always want to have more, and because of that, it leads to all kinds of evil. And that's why Paul is very clear not to love money. We love our God. Uh, we don't love the money that his name's on, right? Or it is temporarily, anyway, until they decide to change it. So it, did you know that 48 states have legalized gambling in the United States? 48. And, of course, you can get it online. Social costs of uh, problem gambling, 7 billion dollars to have to deal with all these treatment facilities and centers that you have to go to and uh, receive counseling for, for the addiction. Money Americans spend on legalized gambling, 119 billion. This was two years ago, so that's gone up. 75% uh, of Americans have gambled in the past year, 15% have gambled in the last week. Over 5 million Americans are, are uh, in need of gambling addiction counseling. There's some other statistics on here as well. Uh, to give you a little bit, uh, bring it closer to home, there are three casinos in the state of Alabama, three places where people gamble. One is Atmore, just up the road here. Another is in Wetumpka, the other is in Montgomery. In 2022, the economic impact of those uh, casinos is $1.43 billion. So of course, the state would want them because it brings in money to the state. The tax impact, tribal revenue share is $1.49.8 million. And so uh, the question is, why is it so popular? And why is it so popular here? I'm going to say something maybe a little controversial, and that's fine. I'm willing to take the lumps for it. But it is very likely that in the next five to ten years, we will be having to vote on this in our own area. Uh, just down the road, we have a, a great little theme park that's come in, and uh, we probably send our kids. Maybe you've been there before, but the intent of those that are in charge of building this facility, and if you go and look at the blueprint of the land, there is an intention to have a casino here eventually one day. And you say, well, Ray, that's crazy. That's not going to happen. It never happened in Foley, Alabama. Very soon, we will be asked to vote on it. Because that's exactly what the intention is. Just like you see in Biloxi and other places that are on the Gulf Coast, if not there, at least having some kind of a riverboat in the Mobile Bay 
will be something that will be pursued. This is something that is, it is very prominent in our culture, and the reason why I felt like we wanted to go ahead and do this lesson uh, at this time is because we're talking about today being able to use our resources that God gives us for his glory. And there's nothing that, that any glory that is gained from, from doing these things. The hard part, too, is what actually happens to the community whenever these things make their way in. Some of you may have been in a community where, uh, I know it, it raised up in, in part of my life in southwest Missouri, I remember these votes that went place. We were in Albertville. I think, James, you remember when they did the vote in Albertville for making it a dry, uh, make, changing it from a dry city to a wet city. And the way that they sold it to us was they would say, well, think about all the restaurants that Gunnersville's getting and Boaz is getting. Albertville's never going to get these restaurants. Uh, we're never going to get a Walmart. We're never going to get a Target. We're never going to get these big gas stations because you can't buy alcohol in the city. And so they kept pushing and pushing. And, and year after year, we had these arguments and debates. And finally, they passed it. And now, sure enough, the city has some of those restaurants that they so longed for. But what happens sometimes in these communities when these things are allowed, and it's not just this, not just alcohol, it's other things that are permitted, or when laws are relaxed, that there are other things that cause collateral damage. Uh, in these communities, the need of, for, for help with poverty grows up. Uh, the, the issues and struggles with domestic abuse go up. Uh, the rise in crime goes up. In fact, if you ever go near one of these places that have casinos, do you know what they have on every corner all around the casino? Pawn shops. Now, why would they do that? Because people are so addicted to the gambling that they will run out and, and pawn rings and watches and sunglasses and their vehicle. They will even pawn. Uh, one time, we drove by one time, and uh, I think it was, in, it was in Atmore, and there was a, a guy sitting out there just shaking his head looking at his trailer in his truck, and I thought, I'll bet he's having to wonder, <laughs> should I go pawn this? I need some more cash. And they're shaking his head. I thought, I wonder what he's, maybe he spent too much money in there. But the fact is, people will trade, they'll beg, borrow, and steal to get the cash to be able to use on something that it is guaranteed to work against you. Guaranteed to work against you. What does the Bible say about this? Let me give you just a few thoughts, and then we'll open up for some questions and some comments. I believe that the Bible teaches us that gambling can change our view of God. When you go back to the Ten Commandments, you notice that it says in Exodus 20 and verse 17, uh, not to covet, right? So we're not supposed to covet anything that our neighbor has or anything that we uh, feel like we deserve. We should never covet things. So gambling, in a way, is coveting. It's wanting something that you haven't earned, uh, hoping that by chance something will fall to your lot, and uh, for many reasons, that type of coveting is dangerous because you're wanting to take from someone else so that you might have it. And that's, that's a sin. Gambling also will indicate a lack of trust in God's ability to provide for you. To say, I can't, God's not helping me. I can't get a job. I can't get a raise. I can't get, you fill in the blank. And so you decide you can't trust in God for those necessities, so you're going to go out and try to gamble for it. That maybe Lady Luck will be on your side, right? Well, God is on our side. God provides. That's the reason why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6 that we should lay up our treasures in heaven. That's why he says not to trust in mammon. We have to make a choice between God or material things, money. 
Gambling also denies the law of order, the law that God has set in order for our cities. He set an order in our government that people work and then they get their funds, their wages, and then they take those wages and they provide for themselves. That is a structured order of society. That's the way God has designed it. In fact, Paul says it very plainly, if a man doesn't work, neither shall he. What? Eat. So if you are unwilling to work for a wage and you're wanting to take a wage from someone else or I'm going to give it to that casino, they got plenty. I'm going to get me some of it, you know. If that's your attitude, then uh, you're taking away from the order that God has designed for us to work for what we have. And I know it's hard. We all like free stuff, but somebody's paying for it. And it's the same way in our society. There are people who will line up for free stuff. They say, I want this, and I want that, and I've got this for free, and I've got that for free. There is no such thing as a free lunch. Somebody is paying for it. And so just keep that in mind. By taking from someone, you're actually not taking from the casino. You're taking from the other people that went in there and used their money. And that's not, that's not the way God has ordered it. Legal in 48 states, but obviously it's online. Gambling also changes our view of each other because it exploits the most vulnerable people in our society. If you've ever been in one of these places, or you, we see it on TV, it's so glamorous, you know? In fact, uh, <laughs> I took a couple of photos. They may still be on my Twitter page sometime years ago when uh, the casino came through and did like six billboards through here. And every single one, you know, it's the people and they're all smiling and they got their drinks in their hands like it's the best day of their life. But then they would put up banners and posters where it would say, so-and-so won $38,000. And I want you to remember, if you remember seeing those signs, none of them had a full smile on their face. None of them. There was one guy, he won like several, several thousand dollars and he's looking like this. And I, I took a picture of it because I said, that's funny that they would use that on the billboard of this guy who's not very excited. And the reason why is because he may have won that but he spent four times that amount to get it. And, uh, and so it, we actually exploit the most vulnerable. When you look around these places, you will see poverty. You'll see people that are coming in and spending every dime that they have. They will, they will get their paycheck, and rather than paying for their, their rent or paying for their electricity, they will go blow it, and then they go around asking people for money to pay those bills. And so it exploits vulnerable people. It's taking money from the poor. Uh, gambling also ruins our influence. It actually makes us look as if we are trying to take from someone else, that I cannot get it on my own, so I want to take it from somebody else to be able to receive it. And there are many sins that, that come from that. It hinders our influence. It hinders our example. It causes people to stumble, uh, and therefore it is, is very dangerous. Gambling also distorts our love for our neighbor. Uh, we have to think about the welfare of other people. You say, well, I, I don't necessarily do it, but I don't talk out about it. And that happens with some of these other things we've talked about through this series. It's not that I'm for it, but I just don't know that we need to make such a big fuss about it, right? Well, anything like this that is a hindrance to, not only for stumbling, but for the loss of life, is a reason why we should oppose it. I know uh, individuals, in fact, not long ago, I had to do the funeral for an individual uh, that... These people literally get so depressed because they've lost so much money that they will take their life. And because you owe so much on everything else because you're blowing it at these places, it's not worth your life. It's not worth your life. 
And to have someone who swallows a bottle of pills because they can't make their payments because they blew it in Atmore, that's hard to do a funeral for that person. That's really hard. And so just realize that by participating in it, you actually encourage people to do something that's an addictive behavior that could cause the loss of their life. Um, then, gambling also changes our view of ourselves. It makes, us, makes, us, uh, makes our work ethic go away. You know, we say, I don't need to work because I'm going to, Lady Luck's going to give me something tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strike it big. I'm going to win it all. And, uh, and so gambling mocks the need for work. It mocks the need to uh, be able to do something with your hands because you ultimately, the only thing you need at hand is to pull a machine, you know, or play a game, a card game. I don't see the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, you know, going to uh, do all these gambling things. She's not doing that. She's taking care of her family. She's working for her family. Her husband is working for the family. Gambling also distorts our view of stewardship. Uh, we actually spend the money on something that is not benefiting us when we could use that for something to benefit the kingdom or to benefit the church. We're supposed to lay up our treasures in heaven, not on the earth. Uh, you're only padding the pocket of someone who absolutely is trying to use you and abuse you and others. Uh, gambling also centers around greed. There is no question that it centers around greed. It is something that you want. You're attracted to it. you got to have it. You, you, you cannot survive without it. And because we have to live on money, uh, the tendency to want to have more is a, a natural thing. We all would like to have more money to be able to use, and there's a reason why most of us are not millionaires. Because God knows that we would not use it properly, just to be quite frank about it. God gives, and blessed is, are those who receive it. But God gives to those who are going to use it in a faithful manner. Uh, Jesus says it's found in us to be stewards, to be good stewards. So we need to be a good steward of what we have. And finally, number four, gambling affects our view of life. Uh, it leads to addiction. I could tell you examples of people... I did a funeral for a lady once, and very sad. Uh, she had been a gambler her whole life. She, the house was worth nothing. Everything had to go to the bank because she owed so much money. And one of her kids refused to come to the funeral because he thought he was going to get some money from her because he also had a gambling problem. And I thought, how terrible is it that you're not going to come to your mother's funeral because you thought she was going to leave you money you could gamble with, and she lost hers because of gambling. But these are the types of things, the stories that you hear. It leads to addiction. And I could show you example after example of compulsive gamblers, uh, the percentages that continue to grow. And same thing with the online gambling could become a major problem. Uh, the people in treatment, by the way, it could cost up to $50,000 to get the proper treatment uh, to get through an addictive behavior like this, because it's not like any other addiction. You see, alcohol is an addictive problem that you have. You just don't walk down that aisle. You don't go over to those friends' houses that drink. You don't go eat at a bar. Those are the type of things you can avoid. If you're a smoker or a drug addict, you choose not to be in those environments where those things are. But the hard thing about gambling is you've always got to have money in your wallet. You've always got to have money in your account. You've got to have a credit card or a debit card. So it is a daily struggle to being, what am I going to do with the funds that I have? What if, what if it could happen to me? I heard a preacher one time say, and he was, he, he was neutral, he said, he did it one way or another on gambling. And he said, well, to be honest with you, the devil's had that money long enough. 
And I thought, wow, to be able to tell the congregation, go and blow all your money because the devil's had it long enough, it's time the church get it back. You know, well, what happens when they lose everything that they've got? I'm sure there's some accountability to that. But it leads to addiction. It destroys families. I could show you statistics. Home after home that is wrecked because of this. Same thing with children. Children are left uh, to their own uh, dismay. Unfortunately, parents will leave and, and use that money to be able to try to fund a lifestyle that they cannot afford. Uh, it encourages crime. Again, theft, uh, uh, all kinds of prostitution. Those are all in the same communities where this is. Uh, it brings poverty because there's only one person making money off of it, and they're at the top. It ruins the economy. Some of these cities that at one time were thriving communities will bring these in. There's, when I was raised up in southwest Missouri, Branson, Missouri, in fact, there's a website you can go to for the, for the steamboat or the showboat or whatever they call it. They still have the website because they have tried election cycle after election cycle after election cycle to get gambling on that boat, and they have yet to have it. But they still stubbornly have the website, so when you type in gambling Branson, Missouri, it tells you that it's available in the future. But it's been, they've been trying to do that for 30 years. It's still not there, because a lot of Christian people live in the community, and they say, we don't want it. We don't want all the other things that happen. So it ruins the economy, and it also corrupts government. It encourages corruption because... And this is a tough one, and, and you can tell me, I don't, I'm, I'm a big boy, you can tell me how you feel, but the fact is, when, you, when, when these uh, gaming institutions do this, nobody in their right mind would make it 50-50. They're not going to do it. If their goal is to make money, they have to skew the odds in their favor. How do you think the guy gets the job at the table who handles the cards and the chips? Hello, y'all with me? How do they get that job? Hey, hey, you're a really nice guy, nice kid working here at McDonald's. We'd like to come over here and run the blackjack table. Do you think that happens? <laughs> no, no. You say, well, where do they get these people that are employed in these places? Where do they, where do they get that? Who is in charge of organizing the lottery? Who's, who's in that position? Who does that? People that are a whole lot smarter than me and you. And so there are, there's this tendency to want to go above and beyond to ensure that you are going to receive a fair, you call it fair, it's not 50-50, but you receive a better shot at getting those things than someone else. And it's usually skewed. I'll give you a good example. This has happened in my own, my own high school. We, we had a raffle for um, a $100 gift card to a local gas station. It was just a $100 gift card. At that time, you could fill the car up a lot. Gas is about 70 cents a gallon. Boy, I'm dating myself. But we had this raffle where you could get a $100 gift card. Our superintendent, uh, Dr. Erb, and I know I'm naming names, so this is on the internet, but uh, he bought tickets, raffle tickets, from just about every senior because that was the senior thing. So most of the seniors got it. We estimated that Dr. Erb spent about $120 on a $100 raffle. And so when the senior class got to talking about it, said, well, we need to draw the names at the baseball game, they said, well, you know what we really ought to do is we ought to give it to Dr. Erb because he spent the most money on the tickets. And so when they, somebody draw a name, every name was the superintendent of schools. And that's the way a lot of those work. They look for the person who gives the most and they reward them. And so these things happen. It's very hard to, to keep anything in business if it's 50-50. And so the danger is uh, the odds are going to always be against you. 
Um, now, we got a little bit of time here. My two runners, neither one of them are here. So Tyler has willingly volunteered. Uh, and I, like I said, this is a subject that we probably don't talk about that much. Uh, what, what would you like to add to? Um, any comments or questions regarding the material we have? Okay, Missy's first. Be gentle. So don't throw it. <laughs> I think that we do need to be aware of this. Um, like, I don't think much of gambling. It's just not something that affects me, but um, I'm learning from, like, on college campuses. This is so popular. I mean, places that you wouldn't even think where they do the fantasy football and, yeah. and, and the different sports, you know, and they're, they, these kids don't think anything of it. They're like, oh, I put $5 in, you know, and, or I, you know, and if you get so many calls right, you're, I don't even understand it, but they are, it's very popular and it is a, an issue. It is. And they think that they've got a corner on it because they've got, now that you've got websites actually, um, trying to decide if I want to say this. Um, how many of you are familiar with the chat GBT and AI stuff that's going on right now? There is a current trend that chat GBT can predict tomorrow's Wall Street stock numbers before tomorrow. Okay? If you have a broker that you pay, AI is better. How can AI be better at determining the stock market than a person that has made it their livelihood to study numbers? How is that? How's that possible? Because the generation, the, 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 the generated uh, stats that are in the computer predict based on previous, with better experience because it's got the whole course of history programmed into its, its little mainframe, that it can predict what the stock market's going to be doing tomorrow. Every single day, you can go in and you can do this. Uh, it, it happens with a lot of different areas, but that's probably the most prominent. And so if you think, sometimes these, like Missy said, on these school campuses, they say, oh, I've got a good chance at winning. What are the odds? Well, who determines those odds? Who determines how much money is divvied out? Usually the person, in fact, we, we used to have the uh, uh, final four brackets at our high school. And the kids, I didn't, I wrote a bracket out, I didn't put it into the thing, but they say, just give $5, give $5, whatever. Well, nobody ever knew the final counting of the numbers. They didn't know. They just knew that there was this much money supposed to be in the pot, but nobody ever told them. And we found out the guy that was doing it, the senior, when I was a junior or sophomore, said, well, since I organized it and I'm having to do all the brackets, I took $20 for myself because I did all the work, right? So you have no knowledge. We think we know and we can predict how something's going to go, but we're often surprised. There's a lot of people surprised last night <laughs> after a few games. And so uh, the, the danger is trying to predict what's going to happen. And there are people who think they're smart enough to do that. And I'll tell you, there's, it's very hard to bet against people who already know the outcome. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. Who's next? Oh, I thought somebody over here had one. What else? Yes. Okay, Jeff, and then I'll come back to Misty. The AI thing could be like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If enough people are interested in it and believe it, that by them 
investing, they can make it happen. Yeah. The same thing can happen and make it crash too. We didn't you know? we talk about this Sunday about yeah, the we were Jesus? talking about something else. Yes. But yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So the reason why it predicts behavior is because we're putting information into it. We're putting the information in. And, and it's so dangerous now with AI, you can actually go in and ask, what did Jesus say about something? And it predetermines what Jesus would say if he lived in this current climate, that he would be in favor of LGBTQ, that he would be in favor of abortion. So this is why I'm going to advocate tonight, if you haven't already done it, any book that you deem as valuable to you, you better have a hard copy. I mean this week. You better have a hard copy of it. We need to encourage our kids to carry a real Bible, a real one, and stock them up. Because in the, in the, in the future, uh, most everything we will have will be online. And they can already change and alter certain things. So be careful that you don't give up your hard copy of books. Don't go completely to online stuff. Yeah. I didn't really have another point. Did I get to all your thought there, Jeff? Okay, good. I was just going to say what f scares me about it being so prevalent in college and maybe high school is that it's just changing the way our kids are growing up to think of gambling. Yeah. And, you know, when growing up, I was just taught it was terrible, it was bad, you know, but now they don't, they don't even really see that as gambling. Right. And so I just think it's changing the landscape. It is, and things are seen now as, oh, it's just, it's harmless fun. Um, but it can be, it actually causes uh, irreparable damage because it, it actually encourages, just like you say with it's a gateway thing, well, that, that can be a gateway. Yeah, go ahead. A lot of, um, I'm going to say this, but pros, quotation yeah. marks, are that it funds higher education. Yes. But the issue with that is, then we have people going to higher education and not doing anything afterwards. Yeah. So it's the same as if they were to take out loans or right. whatever or use government money and then not get a job and work afterwards. Yeah. And so who is paying for them to go to that higher education and get those free scholarships? Right. The people who are sacrificing their families, yeah. their paychecks, their houses, their food, the economy of their local area and if you were to summarize I could summarize the lottery in two words okay voluntary tax that's all it is it's a voluntary tax you are never gonna win all you're doing is helping to fund education that's all you're doing is you're giving money and you know we can completely trust that the government's gonna give that money to education oh you can mark it down you give your dollars to that government, they will take care of poor children, right? The sarcasm is dripping. Uh, if you trust any government completely to deal with all your finances, we want you to handle all of this and want you to handle all of that. We become the nanny state and we all become entitled citizens that feel like we shouldn't have to work for anything, we should receive it. And this only plays in to that entitlement mentality that we see among a lot of people today. Uh, it encourages them to not work because somebody else should pay for it. Uh, and why not? Because there are some rich fat cats around here that they should be sharing. You know, they should give their fair share and the rest of us should receive it. And so any, anybody that tells you, 
we'll take care of you, just give us money and we'll, we'll tell you how to spend it. That's a dangerous, very dangerous place. James? Gambling is a cancerous disease. And once it creeps into your system, it's going to spread, it's going to attach, and it's going to be very difficult to get rid of. And it comes in so many different forms. I remember when I was young, they, we used to have punch cards mm -hmm. where you give a dollar or you give a quarter or whatever to punch, and if your number come up, then, you know, you get a prize. That's gambling. Yeah. Uh, what about the coupon cards that you buy, <laughs> the coupon booklets? We may do it for a good cause, but is that not gambling? We have to be careful. That's a good question. I don't know. Anybody else? Yeah. If you rely on people. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Right. Yeah, we have a, a good, well, a very good friend. Two of his sons went through camp with me, and he just simply walked across the street to try to put an end to a fight and got shot and killed. And so if, even if you're around those places, uh, it causes major uh, problems. Yeah. You, you can take it along the lines of what Christ told his disciples when he told them, beware of the living. Yeah. You know, he wasn't talking about the bread. Mm -hmm. He was talking about everything they was doing over there. Yeah. And it took them a little while to figure that out, for him to actually get a hold of them and, and figure that out. And it's the same thing with anything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's gambling. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's not the edification of God, we ought to leave it alone. Right. Stay away from it. That's right. And we do. We have to be very careful and cautious uh, how we use what God has given us. If we're not frugal with it, then uh, he's not going to give us anymore. Uh, that's, the, that's the gist of most of the passages we read when it comes to giving, as we're supposed to be a good steward of it. Yeah. Um, we had someone real close to us that got into gambling when he was in college, mm -hmm. and um, he lost his home and everything. I mean, it's just like you... You're going to do that and lose your home? Right. People lose everything and they just... Yeah. And they do the same thing for drugs and alcohol, that it is such an addiction. I cannot live without it. And uh, it starts off very simple. Uh, it, it may be... In fact, I, <laughs> I know there are some people that don't like uh, uh, online gaming at all for this reason. Or, like you said, fantasy sports. Things like that, because they see it as uh, kind of a lead-in for kids to get involved. Um, there are there are a number of things that we should take to prayer, that we should look at of things that we're doing or things that happen in our community, as to how we re respond to it, what we say about it. You know, just like James says, there are things that come up that maybe we need to ask some good, hearty, healthy questions. Uh, is this something that uh, is 
a sin? Is this something that is a matter of opinion? Uh, is this something that is dangerous? I think we have to ask honest questions. And if you do it in light of the Bible, you're going to find some answers. Um, there are some areas where we might say a little bit of gray area. Like, for instance, we take our kids to an amusement park and they play a little game, spits out tokens, and they <laughs> go buy, you know, candy or a ring pop or something. Um, I always thought it was funny when you go to those uh, fairs. We had one uh, we would go to each year where my grandma lived, and you'd throw balls at those things, and you know they were rigged. I mean, you could tell when the basketball hits off, you know, and it's the size of an egg, and the ball's a round ball. Um, but... Those things are rigged intentionally, but, um, but we just need to be careful and we need to be prayerful that what we're doing with what we have is something that is not, and it's great to have entertainment. There's nothing wrong with watching a movie or something like that. Use your entertainment for that matter. But if you're using uh, your funds on a regular basis, how much do you spend, uh, just, a, just an honest question, how much do you spend, set up a budget, how much do you spend on food? How much do you spend on entertainment? How much do you spend on clothes? How much do you spend on utilities? How much do you spend on uh, mortgage? How much do you spend on insurance? How much do you spend on car? And then how much do you give to the Lord? That ought to be the first number that we look at. How much are we giving to God first? Everything else comes secondary. And the problem is we, we have a tendency, and I'm talking about humanity as a whole, we have a tendency to think, well, God's got enough. And so he's going to take care of people. So I suppose I can give more to this or this or this rather than give it to the Lord. But it should be that that's the top priority. There's a reason why it was a tenth in the Old Testament. There was a number, there was a standard by which you had to, to give. And that was just for the, the, uh, the, the feast day celebrations. There's also additional giving that would be given for sacrifices for sin and other things. But... Um, but ultimately, we are as Christians supposed to exceed that of the Pharisees, which means we give abundantly as much as we possibly can. And so if we're spending more money on other things than we are giving to God, there's a reason why we don't have more to use for other things than use for God. Uh, he's not going to reward us if we're unfaithful. Yeah. Number one. The money that a person would take and use in gambling is not that person's money. Yeah. That's God's money. That's right. Every penny. And, and they are not being good stewards. And you made a good point there that it distorts our view of stewardship. Mm -hmm. And I'm responsible to give. I appreciate what you said about that this morning as well as just now. But, but I have a responsibility to use wisely 100% of the money I have mm -hmm. and not to waste it. I can look back at some things that, that uh, we may have bought over the years that was a waste of money. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we, that was, we were using good stewardship. So... That's part of our prayer pattern that we be good stewards of the blessings God gives. But number two, you cannot practice what Jesus taught in Matthew 7 and verse 12 and be a gambler. To treat other people like you want to be treated. You want people taking your money away from you. Mm -mm. I, I just, I don't know of any good that it does. And, and 
I had a man from Florida where gambling is, well, we know what Florida is, and they claim they're helping the schools, and he, he had some inside scoop on it. He said that the schools are getting 3%, about 3% of the money that they claim going to the schools. They're not getting it. Mm. They don't get it. And, and we'll hear stuff like that around here. Why well, are you going to be able to pave the roads and do this and this and this? Don't believe a word of it. Yeah, that's right. Because you're going to spend more money to help rehabilitate people and take care of people who went to these places and lost everything and, and it, th then, then you've received. Right, that's right. Uh, well, I'll finish with this thought is uh, some time ago we had this subject come up and we had some teachers from Baldwin County that uh, were advocating for the new tax that was going to happen in Baldwin County. And we had a couple teachers, they staked the signs in their yard and said, we want this, you know, teachers need more money. And I said, yes, they do. There's no question. I said, if we get this one cents tax increase, we're going to get this and we're going to get that. And I said, are you sure? And they said, absolutely. It's been promised to us. We're going to get teachers get raises. Well, it passed. And Foley got a brand new indoor air-conditioned football practice facility. And the teachers did not get raises. And so I asked the teachers, I said, what do you feel about that? And I said, well, that was, that was already in the agenda to be done. And, 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 and I said, no, I said, every time, you know, how, how much are we going to pay for tax before we say something? You know, 11%, 12%, 15%, 20%. And I told them, I said, if, if, they, if we cannot handle what we have, if the people in power cannot handle what they have, why would we give them more? And the teacher said, you know what? You're right. And I said, well, I told you that when y'all were all advocating, we need to give more, we need to give more, uh, because now we pay more for groceries and the things that we paid for, for the, and it's great to have a good football stadium. It's a great to have good football facilities. My son played in that facility. And it's great to have all these great uh, additions to the classrooms and stuff like that. But our teachers need to be paid and our administrators need to be taken care of. And so uh, don't think for a moment by giving more me, if somebody says I need more money because I can't manage what I have, why would you give them more to mismanage that? The best thing is to hold people accountable and say, you've been given something, where's it going? That's the most important question to ask. Because if we're called to be good stewards, we should also call other people to be good stewards. Uh, there's too much waste, way too much waste. I'm not trying to get political. Uh, I'm sorry if that hurts some feelings, but I do believe that there are a lot of things we really need to reevaluate but, and make sure that the things that we're being told are happening are really happening. And if not, we need to get them out. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Also, visit our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. If you'd like to contribute to the show, content suggestions, uh, questions, prayer requests, or even if you just want to reach out to us, you can email us at rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day as you seek to maintain an authentic life in Christ Jesus. 
To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.